This is Changemakers with Katie Gore, finding the right solutions for the affordable housing community. Today's Changemaker is Preston Prince, the Executive Director of the Fresno Housing Authority. He's been running the Housing Authority in Fresno for 13 years, and before that he was Executive Director of the Aurora, Colorado Housing Authority. Preston combines creativity in housing development with a community-based leadership style. Hello, Preston, and thank you for joining me today. I'm really excited to be here. This is so interesting because what I want to start to do is I want to start actually by quoting you. Instead of being evaluated on occupancy levels and the strength of how to turn units, Fresno Housing is moving towards being evaluated by the academic achievement of the children we house and the employment and wage progression of the adults combined with the quality of life of our seniors and people with disabilities, and by the help we give the homeless that we're moving off the street. So this is a fascinating quote. Talk to us, Preston, about these are completely like, you know, innovative metrics. So talk about this. My good friend, Betsy Martins, um, who used to be the director in Boulder, Colorado, would simplify that to just be outcomes, not outputs. The philosophy that uh, I really have embraced and uh, that has been developed over the last three decades in the industry is a recognition that housing and affordable housing is a platform for uh, outcomes within the broader community, educational, employment, wage progression, and so forth. And so we as a housing authority need to get beyond just compliance within our programs. It's important management tool to know occupancy levels and turnover rates and all of those things. Um, But what really matters is what's the purpose behind the housing? And that's what we're doing here in Fresno is really being thoughtful about the purpose behind our housing. And we understand there has to be compliance and accountability and you do have to, you know, establish what those management tools are. But you guys have just been so bold to say, let's look at literacy levels. Let's look at employment because it's not just obviously having the affordable housing unit, but you guys want to say, you know, economic advancement is what we're after and housing is the conduit for it. So what has been the hardest thing to achieve as you guys have done this? The hardest thing has been uh, alignment around mission and purpose, to be quite honest, that uh, staff, commissioners, community members, stakeholders, all see us as a provider of housing and think that if we are getting into education or into health or wage progression, that we are getting out of our lane, that we are drifting and diluting our ability to meet our core purpose. So that would be one thing. The second tie to that is the measurements. Uh, It has been really hard to be able to come up with what are the right things to measure And then to know that housing has the impact on that measurement. For example, Fresno Housing, we house about 15% of of the 74,000 children that are at Fresno Unified. And we know that regardless of grade level, our kids have lower GPAs, higher absentee issues, higher disciplinary action, and we have a higher dropout rate. So by those measurements, housing is doing a terrible job, right? And so the difficult task is to really be able to connect the investment happening through housing and then that measurable outcome 
that we're trying to do in the broader community. So I get what I hear you saying as far as, you know, stay in your lane, you know, let's figure out what the right things are to measure, but a, a restaurant, if I can use an analogy here, be, um, and my staff at Quadell, they always laugh with these analogies, so brace yourself, but a restaurant understands that the cook has to stay in the kitchen, but if the product that he's sending out of the kitchen doesn't work for them, it affects their brand. It affects their customers, it affects their reviews, it affects everything in that space, right? So there is a piece that says, you know, hey, cook, you're in the kitchen, you know, make what we tell you, but he is so closely tied to what is happening in that restaurant. And so your community, they want to tell you guys, be housing, be housing, right? But you guys realize to say it's more than that, it's contributing to the community. It is understanding the needs of who is in housing and how to make the whole community move forward. So how did you build that consensus and try to bring everybody together to, like you said, agree on mission and purpose? The short answer is strategic plan. And I know that doesn't sound very glamorous. When you have a vision that has been created collectively with staff, residents, commissioners, and broader stakeholders that provides the roadmap. And so when I first came to Fresno 13 years ago, I uh, would say to my board, we need to do a strategic planning process. And I kid you not, they said back to me, our strategic plan was hiring you. and, And so that's all we need to do. And it took probably two years before I was able to get them to understand why a strategic plan was so important. There are many things that I was working on, and I came back from my first and second year review with the board, and they were like, we want to get involved in these things that you're working on. And I'm like, no, I'm doing the business plan. I'm implementing things. You need to help create the vision through a strategic plan. And so that process took probably two years, hundreds of stakeholder meetings uh, and interviews with broader community members, dozens of meetings with residents, many, many meetings with staff and obviously with the board. And we really asked the question, what do we want to be as we invest here in Fresno? We're investing over $200 million a year in the community. What do we want coming out of that? 99% occupancy is great, but that doesn't answer the question of, but what does the occupancy really mean? And so through the strategic planning process, we did create a focus on education, health, and wage progression, economic development of the families. There are many things that people can choose as they do a strategic planning process around what they think are the important items. But those are the ones that we really came up with. And then it's a lot of meetings with elected officials and community members. My job has really been about communicating our vision and connecting with our external partners. And the day-to-day operations are really done by the 225 staff of the Housing Authority. So, you know, this podcast series is about change makers and everything you just said, I almost could stop there and say that you are actually implementing change just with the strategic focused approach, just with the incorporation of community-based metrics, just with saying, hey, we've got millions of dollars going into development and I could just stop there. But what I am so impressed with what you are doing is that you actually have even more movement toward 
how well things are going. So I want to hear about some of your wins for your area, for you, for your team, for Fresno. I think one of the most amazing wins we've had in this community is that from 2011 to 2018, uh, we had a reduction of homelessness by 60% in our community. And that work was led by the Housing Authority in partnership with our continuum of care partners, Fresno County and Fresno City and many others. I'd say the second has been our partnerships around education. It started with something that was initiated by First Five, uh, working with six local schools on pre-K programs. And instead of us going to them saying, we know education, and we're going to tell you how to educate, uh, what we said is, you know education and you know pre-K, how do we help you with pre-K programs? And each school district came up with a different idea. Uh, So that's been pretty amazing. That continues with our work in the area of cradle to career and and really connecting uh, into the educational spectrum for our, our, our kids. The third area, I would say, is really around community engagement and resident engagement, that we are much more empathetic to our residents and we interact with them, we listen to them. And let's be quite honest, in today's world, the COVID-19 has shown the disparity and equities of our world. I feel like we started a while ago to really ask the question from our residents' perspective of how do we do a better job? How do we meet their expectations and their needs? And so I I would say it's around resident engagement and, and community building has been really successful and powerful to me. So you have used a national platform for affordable housing. And so you are really so much bigger than Fresno. But what I want to highlight here is how you actually solved problems for Fresno. And I want to walk through for people who are not familiar with Fresno. So let's just first start. What can you tell us about the area? What about Fresno? Well, Fresno, for people who don't know California very well or Fresno, we are Central Valley. So we are three hours north of LA, three hours south of San Francisco, and three hours inland from the ocean. I always talk about it's where Midwest meets California. It is a little bit more conservative than the rest of the state, and it's a very strong agriculture-based economy. I I have to say there are amazing people here, really dedicated, committed, wonderful people. It is a great place for families and children, no doubt about it. And I had to say that first because the second part is Fresno has the highest poverty rate in the United States. We have a history of segregation, a history of poverty that has led to life expectancy in certain areas, uh, really horrible health conditions in certain areas, just makes it that much more important for the housing authority to be a part of answering the problem as opposed to continuing to create segregated neighborhoods. So that's really the compelling reason about why we have to do things differently is Fresno needs a different trajectory. The community members deserve better outcomes than what is happening. It's not fair that in 93706, the life expectancy is 20 years lower than the life expectancy in a zip code five miles away. That's just not an acceptable place to be. 
So you've got the competing demands, obviously, that, you know, rents probably are not going down. You've got low wages or, you know, maybe you even have some, you know, economic conditions where the employment conditions have to actually be worked out and solved differently. And so I think this is what you're doing now here is that you're mapping out solutions for not just your agency, but for the city. So go through and tell us how you guys have been um, so strategic here in helping the homeless basically move off the streets and, and, and tell us who they are. I mean, personalize this for us. In Fresno, when, when I came here in 2007, 2008, our point in time count showed that we had about 5,000 individuals on any given night uh, on the street. And we had the highest percentage of people who were on the street who were unsheltered. So there are other communities that might have had higher gross numbers of individuals unsheltered. Ours as a percentage of the homeless population was the largest in the country. So what happened, uh, it, it was kind of funny. The housing authority was involved in homelessness. We were a member of the continuum of care and we managed the, the homeless management information system, HMIS for Fresno. And I had been here not very long, less than six months and a number of the continuum of care partners asked for a meeting with me to let me know that they were really disappointed in the housing authority's performance, not just in the management of HMIS, but really in addressing homelessness. The first thing that happened is that we got the chair of the continuum of care to join the housing authority board. So she was appointed by the mayor and she became elevated into a role as the board chair. Many times when I talk out in the community uh, nationally and People say, how do we get involved with the housing authority? I always point to that. It is really amazing to have an advocate on the board that helps change policies. So what, uh, what started happening in 2009, 2010, the 100,000 Homes Campaign, which was a national effort to build 100,000 homes, that Fresno Housing was the first housing authority that was the lead for a community within 100,000 homes. Santa Barbara Housing Authority became the second one. I think we're the only two. Um, and it really was about alignment, focus. The Housing Authority Board committed $4.5 million of unrestricted funds to go towards homelessness. So we built three permanent supportive housing developments where we are the owner, developer, and manager in partnership with the Department of Behavioral Health. And we retooled our Shelter Plus Care program to, uh, and, and really asked the question of, uh, are we serving the most vulnerable, those who are chronically homeless on the street through Shelter Plus Care? And, and VASH went a long way, to be quite honest, the veteran vouchers. I think that we house about 400 veterans through the VASH program. Uh, so that was really a fantastic program. For us, it really was this thoughtful uh, alignment uh, of activities and, and really getting rid of our ego and uh, saying, how do we become a, a true community partner? And how do, we, how do we bring our strengths to the table? And then if we don't have a strength, how do we allow someone else to step up and step in into that role. The vast majority of the housing that we have been doing has been targeting homeless individuals. We have a rapid rehousing program and a partnership with our domestic violence organization and other organizations serving family and youth. But for the most part, we focused on adults. And I have to tell you the 
my favorite part of my job is going to the holiday events at our Renaissance properties and uh, being able to share Thanksgiving or Halloween or Christmas meal with people. And uh, I remember going into a place one time and I was walking around talking to people and shaking hands. And uh, this one person totally shunned me. He it would not talk to me. And later when we were getting food uh, at the buffet line, he said something to me about how he didn't shake my hand. And I was like, yeah, I, I kind of noticed that. And he was like, well, a person like you doesn't want to shake my hand. And I was like, well, what do you mean? He goes, well, I'm homeless. And I was like, well, you live here now, right? And he was like, yes. And I was like, well, you're not homeless. You have a home. And then he looked at me and he goes, well, I don't want to shake your hand now, but I'd like to give you a hug. Can I hug you? And I was like, yes, of course. And so we started hugging. And then as we separated, he looked at me in the eyes and he said, now you need to help me get a job. And I, I just feel that what our job at Fresno Housing, our job is to really just be non-judgmental and to know deep in our hearts that the people we are serving have tremendous virtue. They just lack money. And, and sometimes they have an illness, right? And so uh, it's like, let's not be judgmental and let's not be afraid, but let's actually walk into these situations knowing that we respect people and that we really value them. And I feel like that's embedded and viewed throughout our organization today. And then how do you convey that to your staff? Like, you know, what means do you as the leader, you know, they're going to see you walking around in the environment. They're going to hear you. What tools are you using actually throughout your organization to convey that and to say, okay, any one of us could be in this situation, yeah. whether it be illness or housing or economic. So what are you doing in that space? Yeah, so uh, I started early on having four all staff events. The first event, um, and so it's every three months, bring everyone together. The first event really focuses on context, that housing is part of something broader, whether that's education, land use, economic development, would bring in keynote speakers to help us think about context. Uh, that we as a housing authority uh, cannot do things alone or in a vacuum. It's through partnerships, partnerships internally with other staff and other departments to really break down those silos, uh, but partnerships within the communities. Uh, the third, I used to call it mindfulness, which uh, I think the staff just thought I was a hippie from Seattle. Uh, so I uh, call it intentional decision making that there has to be intent behind our decision. We don't do things because that's just the way we always do it. And then the last meeting is our stewardship event. Uh, and within stewardship is recognizing that we do have to give up our egos and come together and be selfless as we provide our service that uh, this is stewardship of trust and public funds. But um, throughout all of those is this real belief and empathy. And so we have done sessions, all staff events on empathy and how do we build up empathy. And we have um, breakout sessions where our resident services staff will lead the rest of the staff through, um, okay, you have X number of dollars. Let's think about your home budget. How are you gonna really take care uh, of all of your expenses? 
Uh, but it's also about everything else, the trauma that's going on in people's lives and really being thoughtful about that. We engaged Fresno State to do an assessment of the adverse childhood experiences within our housing and really wanting to understand um, the impact trauma has and then to be thoughtful about making sure we have trauma-informed policies as we implement our programs. When I first met with the, the folks from Fresno State as they were doing that uh, analysis for us, someone was like, well, what are you going to do with this? And I was like, well, I don't know. Don't, don't we just need to know the data first? Don't we need to know the prevalence of trauma within our families, within our residents? So uh, I feel like we as an organization talk a lot about empathy. And over the last year, we started a very intense and painful process around diversity, equity, and inclusion. Uh, and as part of that, we brought in Richard Rothstein, who wrote Color of Law. We brought in a leading expert on disparities among homelessness. Uh, his whole presentation is homelessness is not colorblind, that it actually sees color and uh, impacts people of color more uh, or at a, a higher rate. And, um, and so we're we've been having this conversation now for about a year about diversity, equity, and inclusion, and really asking the question about not just what has been our role in the past as a housing authority. I mean, I think Richard Rothstein, Color of Law, pretty, pretty clearly lays out how redlining and other policies are so embedded with racism. But it's really about what do we, what do we want to be doing differently as we move forward as an agency? And, and how are we changing our programs to be more inclusive? And, and so I, I feel like maybe 10 or 12 years ago, staff didn't quite understand what I was trying to do. Now uh, they are pushing me along. And uh, they have really high expectations for us to be really inclusive and equitable. Preston, I can talk to you all day. But we have to hit pause right here. Coming up in part two of my interview with Preston Prince, the executive director of the Fresno Housing Authority, Preston tells us about the importance of intentional decision making. We all have gut feelings about what works. We need to get away from those because I can tell you right now, 90% of the time, I think my gut feelings are wrong. It's like, how do you step back and get to data and really embed that as the philosophy as opposed to let's do things based upon gut. Thanks for listening to Changemakers with Katie Gore. To find out more about Katie, go to quadel.com. That's Q-U-A-D-E-L.com. This has been a production of Forbes Books Radio.